Life Coach Podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Today, I'm graced in the podcast studio by attorney Jesenia Rosales. Jesenia, welcome to the show. Thank you, Derek. Thank you for having me. All right. I'm excited about our conversation. If you're tuning in, I want you to know a little bit about Jesenia. Jesenia Rosales is a first-generation attorney practicing family law and criminal defense, both state and federally. Because of her passion to promote diversity and unity amongst attorneys and the community, she sits on the board for two voluntary bar organizations and one nonprofit organization. Jesenia is a mother of two beautiful girls and was recently licensed in real estate last month. She strongly believes in hard work, ethic, dedication, resilience, and perseverance. And her journey, in fact, represents justice. All right, Jesenia, well, number one, quite quite the, the biography there. You know, not just the attorney, but even doing getting in the real estate game. We'll have to circle back on that. But tell me, what inspired you to become an attorney? Um, honestly, since elementary school, I just enjoyed being on the debate team. And at a young point, it was just about debating and arguing. It wasn't until I grew older and actually went into um, undergrad and law school that I found the passion for the law and assisting others and helping others. Nice. So, so that, I mean, that, when I think back to your story of uh, an elementary debate team, I, I, and, 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 and maybe it was just me in, in the, the underprivileged um, elementary school or in, in, in the education, um, the side of town I was living in here in Texas, but, but, but um, that's fascinating um, to think about the debate team early on in your schooling influenced you to ultimately choose the, uh, the path of, of an attorney. Yeah, what I just arguing at first. I just like arguing at first. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Now, what do you enjoy most about being an attorney? Um, what I do enjoy most about being an attorney is that oftentimes um, we are presented with difficult situations where, or scenarios where people um, desperately need your help. And um, I posted something about that on, on my Instagram. Actually, it, it feels really good to be that person. Um, you know, you have the potential and the power to really change someone's life, especially in both criminal and family. You know, you're, you have people's life, liberty, children, um, a lot of very uh, close in nature things. Um, so I think that that's what I enjoy most about being an attorney is that you get people out of very um, difficult situations. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, when, when some, some of my clients tell me that they can never repay me, although they've paid me, <laughs> I think that that makes you feel really good. Yes. Wow. When I hear you speak about doing something for others that could never repay you. I think that that experience right there is probably one of the most fulfilling experiences of of the human condition, right? To be able to deliver that kind of service. Now, I, I have to ask you: Do you remember your first victory as an attorney, even even with your own law firm, where 
tell me tell me what it was like like getting the news or finding out your first big win um as an attorney so i will tell you my first case ever um was a juvenile uh, a few months shy of being an adult um if he was direct filed into adult court he was facing mandatory 10 years so i know we haven't gotten into the history on how i went solo um i didn't intend on going solo it kind of just happened. So um, when that particular client's mother came to me and, and said, you know, my son is facing this, my immediate response was, I don't have experience. I can't take this. He's facing 10 years. Um, she trusted me. She didn't want any other attorney. I sought a mentor. And, um, you know, we went from not having him filed into adult court, keeping him in juvenile. We had a very successful um, re resolution in that case. So to know that I did that, my first case in with clients who knew I had no experience and he was able to turn his life around a few months shy of being 18, went back to school, got his diploma. Um, now he's doing really good. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, that's amazing. Yes. Um, good result. Mm -hmm. You know, I think when I hear someone like you, when you're talking about what you do to keep families together and um, to create that, uh, uh, well, I think about unity, I think about you, you help deliver hope uh, for fa families. Now, what you just described, though, I think, I think it's fascinating as well. When you describe she trusted you before you had any experience, what do you think really helped her to have that faith in you, maybe even before you, you know, technically deserved it. Like, what do you think really helped her? Um, I think word of mouth in her hearing my journey throughout law school and what I went through in law school before I even became an attorney um, from her colleagues and coworkers. When they found out that I was licensed to practice, she said, give her a call. and. Honestly, I didn't want the case at first. So it was more so when somebody gives you that kind of trust, this is this is her child's liberty at stake. Um, you you're kind of pressured to go above and beyond. Um, you know, you can't let that person down. And yeah. to know that somebody has that kind of trust in you, it pushes you. So I don't know, you know, what motivated her other than maybe hearing about mm. what I've gone through. Yes. I think there's two incredible points you captured. Uh, number one, um, the power of a testimonials, right? People who knew you, knew about you, and it told other people about you. Even you were so early in the game. Um, the other part, which is a, a beautiful thing, when somebody trusts you when it's in regard to their children, here's here's what i know like people value money in a, in a big way but people value children even more than money so the, what, what, what i'm visualizing is she was saying jesenia i trust you with the most important thing in my world i'm I, i'm trusting you and i and i and i believe in you and, and what, I, what i heard from you in your story you were sharing was you you wanted that trust to not be in vain. You wanted to reward um, and come through above and beyond for that trust. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, it went beyond just 
criminal representation. It turned into any um, school situation. Can you come talk to him? Any work situation? He's not doing well in work. Um, so, you know, it was very personal and, and I have to give thanks because it pushed me to have that same type of um, attitude towards going forward, moving forward. Um, so I started off going above and beyond, not just in representation, but in his personal life with mother, with father, with work. So I think I've carried that throughout my career. Um, so I, I have to thank her. Yes, I love it. I love it. Tag her on this podcast and, and, and let her listen in. <laughs> you know, um, I think I want to let's speak to the parents who are listening in parents and, and also friends of parents, because I, I love the visual of the village that Jacenia kind of just painted for us, which was uh, she was tagged not just to be the, the legal representation, but also to be a positive influence for this for this child. And if somebody asks you to influence their children, there is something powerful about the way they see you. I know anytime somebody asks me to influence their, their child, it goes back to that same concept. They're asking me to, to positively influence their most precious thing in the universe. So not to take that lightly and really to come to go above and beyond like Jasenia did in that case, in that with that family. Thank you. How did you, Jasenia, how did you decide to focus on family law and criminal defense? Derek, I have to laugh um, just because I didn't intend to. I didn't, um, I kind of didn't, I kind of didn't, and I'll, and I'll explain why. So my entire life since debate team, all the way up until law school, um, I wanted to be a prosecutor. So you can say yes, kind of criminal, but never did I intend to go defense side. Um, I, I had an entire roadmap of being a police officer, being a detective, being a prosecutor. You couldn't be a detective until you were at least two years uh, as an officer. Um, I applied for police academy in St. Petersburg and I got denied. I had too many speeding tickets. So the chief told me stay one year without speeding tickets and um, reapply in a year. When I went to reapply, I found out I was pregnant with my oldest daughter. I couldn't join the police academy. So there went police officer, there went detective. Then I was in law school and um, I applied for the state attorney's office during that same case that we discussed. So I couldn't, I had to pick a side. Obviously state attorney during the interview said, you can't have a defense case open and work for the state. So you have to choose. Um, I felt like I had an obligation already to the family and we were set for trial. So eventually, um, because I didn't choose in time, I was hoping that we would resolve before hiring date and we didn't. So I was declined. Um, my offer was withdrawn from the state attorney's office. So from then it was, um, actually my mentor who pushed me. Um, I didn't discuss if I could share his name or not, so we'll leave it out for now. But it was my mentor who pushed me and said, why don't you just go solo? My first, um, you know, my immediate response was, I don't have the experience. And he said, people trust you. You have a passion for it. Go for it. 
pursue it. The amount of experience that you'll get working for someone else, you will get working for yourself. More criminal defense clients came in. Um, so that's what I mean. I didn't, it just kind of chose me. I had a complete opposite, um, the complete opposite end. I wanted to work for the state. Um, to, to get a little more personal during law school, um, I was engaged. And my fiance actually uh, was under federal investigation. Unbeknownst to me, I did not know. So I experienced a very close person to me go to prison, be sentenced. Um, in my opinion, at that time, be lied to by an attorney. The family be lied to by an attorney um, or misled or misrepresented. Um, so I got to personally experience a family going through it. You know, I, I had to bring my newborn to a federal correctional facility seven to nine hours away. Um, so it wasn't until then that I really said, so kind of during law school and then what happened after law school that I said, you know what, <laughs> maybe defense is choosing me um, because I have a passion for it and I know what a family feels going through it. Um, and I never wanted to be that attorney that misled a family. Mm. Um, so I think defense kind of just chose me. Every time I tried to go a different route, I was denied. <laughs> I was denied law for you know, for whatever reasons it was, I think it just chose me. And family law um, just kind of happened. I think they, they kind of go hand in hand and they overlap sometimes. So, um, I love what I do. Like, you know, I didn't intend to do it, but I've fallen in love with both. Yes. Wow. Um, I think <laughs> that story right there, I think I might drop, stop the podcast, that, you know, <laughs> um, I, I think it's, it's a, uh, it's a beautiful detail, right? I think about, um, I, I naturally talk about calling a lot, um, whether I'm speaking to attorneys or I'm speaking to other people, um, because so some of us who are ambitious, like you talked about your whole roadmap, right? Um, you talked about um, police officer, detective, prosecutor, and you had this game plan, but life threw you a curveball. Mm -hmm. You pivoted and you pivoted effectively. Um, and then you had a heart to help and to serve. And then you had a great mentor in your world. I think these are all like incredible principles where you're, you, what I'm hearing from you is you paid attention to the calling of the universe. And okay, so you had this plan and this dream. Okay, the universe had a different plan and you adjusted and pivoted with maturity. Then you had this, this opportunity to take on this one case and then you did and you were in you, your, your character to follow through and to, to carry this to, to the end. Um, led you to stay on the case so that you didn't have the opportunity to, to work at the, the state, what was it called, the state attorney's office? Yes. And then, um, and then even you brought in your personal experience. So I'm just seeing like a combination of paying attention to the universe and the direction that's being laid out before you. Um, also leaning on to, to your, the mentor in your world and also bringing in what's happening in your personal life and putting this, almost putting this puzzle together of what Jesenia Rosales's calling is over her journey. I think you're right there. <laughs> so um, what is I always want people to God, think about um, go ahead, go not, uh, what is what, what's the saying? God does not 
call the qualify or I forgot what the saying is. Mm-hmm. What I think what, what, your, what your story illustrates is um, to pay attention to the details, right? Like in to, and I think about paying attention to the universe. I think about, you know, my, my own world as well. Like, I think that's the same thing. Like the, the reason I, I'm doing what I'm doing, the reason that we're even on a podcast right now is because two years ago, I was told my, my role was coming to an end. Um, but I think anybody who's listening can relate. There's sometimes we think we know what we want. And sometimes those doors close, but for a purpose and for a reason, if you pay attention, you can find exactly why these things are happening. And I think you've clearly found out yours, which is why you're doing what you're doing, even um, even being a solo before you initially planned for. Absolutely. What has been one challenge you faced as an attorney and have overcome? Um, well, because I didn't plan on going solo, I think I faced a lot of challenges um, and was able to overcome them along the way. Um, so, so I would give a lot of recommend. I can give a lot of recommendations as to you know anyone seeking this path, um, what they should do. But I think um, being a young attorney, a young female criminal defense attorney, um, has been a challenge in itself. It's a male-dominated. Um, practice area, I would say. Um, you know, I've, I've gone into the courtroom where there's 20 male attorneys dressed in black and white. And here you have a young female attorney coming in out of nowhere. <laughs> so I think initially it was very intimidating. Um, and I had to overcome it because you have people's lives at stakes. I've overcame it now by um, using it to my advantage and realizing that you stand out. So why don't you just reach out to these people who intimidate you? Um, So I have overcome it. And um, I think it's a very, it's much different than other practice areas, whether it's contracts or immigration, where you have kind of a even playing field. in criminal defense, it's not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would also say in, in comparison to family law, a big challenge that I have seen is um, they require different roles. So as a criminal defense attorney, you have to be very aggressive. As a family law attorney, you're a bit more compassionate with children and the issues that are before you. So I think a challenge is really switching roles. Um, you know, sometimes I'm in family court and then I'm in criminal court and it, you have to switch. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I, think, I think I would love for us to explore maybe two or three things you just said. Um, one of them was about uh, reaching out to the other attorneys. So talk about that part of the experience, like when you're reaching out to other attorneys um, for help or support, even our mentorship you talked about earlier, like talk about how, how that went, you know, with, when you were, you're proactively reaching out to the other attorneys. So I have always, um, I'm, I'm very, very strong on, um, you don't know what you don't know. Um, and starting off, not ever practicing, uh, you know, 
I would have to reach out, not just for my law license, but for my client's sake also. Um, you know, I can feel very confident in what I'm doing, but it's always good to have attorneys who are very experienced. So I never personally had an issue in reaching out. Um, I have amazing mentors, um, thank God, because I know some attorneys will say, I'm too busy, um, but I have very, very good um, attorneys. I know my, one of my first mentors, <laughs> ironically, was actually um, an attorney who was on my fiance's case years ago. So he remembered me from that and was just, wow, you actually went to law school. And now, you know, that's why he pushed me to do it because he's seen me from law school go through it. So he was more than happy to help me. Um, and guided me through my first case and so on. The second mentor um, that I love to death, she is a female criminal defense attorney. Um, I know she'll probably see this. So with her, we actually co-counseled a case um, where the brothers were co-defendants. So we really couldn't speak at first, but once her case was resolved, um, I reached back out to her and said, you know, I have do you want to work together on some other cases? I can bring in work. I just want you to kind of shadow, make sure I'm doing it right. Um, and I've done it right. I haven't made mistakes, but just in case you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> so I definitely encourage younger law, um, lawyers coming into the profession to, to have solid mentors in whatever field they're practicing. And even in other fields that may overlap with what they're doing. So um, criminal and family can overlap in immigration issues. Yes. So um, I just reached out and they, they, they were all very surprised. If you have no fear reaching out, no, I don't. <laughs> Please help me. Yes. You know, um, what, what I love about it is naturally I'm a huge advocate of mentors. Um, whatever industry you're in, whatever, you know, again, to, the, to our podcast listeners, if you don't have a mentor in your industry, pause this podcast right now. Send a, few, send a few text messages, send a few email, make a few phone calls, message somebody on social media. I mean, I'm talking this one area of life to have people who are ahead of you and to not see them as competition, but see them as collaboration. They can help you. They can strengthen you. They can motivate you. They can equip you in ways that nothing else can. So I just want to encourage you all with that to to find that, find mentors in your world. Um, imitate the success principle that Jessenia is talking about. You don't know what you don't know. Um, ask what you're missing. You know, I, I, all of these things, I think these are, these are fantastic points. Um, the other thing you mentioned, um, you talked about, uh, one of my, my, the other attorney, one of uh, my clients, she talks about um, her role as an attorney is, is knowing when to flip the script, right? to, to flip the roles. And you, 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 you illustrated that talking about how being aggressive is helpful in one component of what you do. And then being compassionate is helpful in the, in another area of what you, so talk about like learning Talk about how you learned that, how you developed that in, in, in your own experience as an attorney. Um, I don't know if you so much learn. I, I guess you have to learn it. Um, honestly, it just happened. <laughs> it just happens. Um, 
I actually had to teach myself to be a little less, I'm very caring. And sometimes in, as a lawyer, that's not good. Um, so I actually have to teach myself to, to separate um, the emotional side sometimes. But it, it's good because it pushes you to go above and beyond. But, um, you know, when you can't accomplish certain things, you, you want to not take it to heart. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I appreciate that. I think of the uh, of you of, of each person has natural tendencies, you know, a natural tendency where you're describing of of being uh, caring or being compassionate. Those are natural tendencies. And then to have the maybe we'll call it discernment of when this does not help me professionally and how to use uh, who I am naturally in, in my in, in my business, but also how do I knowing when to um, to use a different tool in the tool belt, which is more when you talked about that, that aggression, um, maybe in criminal defense, you described um, uh, to be effective for the clients you're representing. Now, what, what is one common challenge other attorneys face? And what do you think is a great solution to that challenge? Um, you know what? You actually um, touched on this point on your social media. So I'm very, and you, and you listed a solution. Um, and I just want to ditto it because I agree. And I think we need to emphasize it more in our profession. Um, but it goes back to uh, having humility and um, you, you um, I forgot what was the exact quote that you mentioned that you don't want to look like you don't know what you're doing. Um, and it's okay to acknowledge that you don't know what you're doing. And I think that's something common that most attorneys fear. Um, you know, they fear not knowing what, or, or looking like they're not knowing what they're doing. Cause most of the time they do know, they just haven't done it. So they don't know that they're doing it right. Um, but I think we need to emphasize that because um, we don't come masters in, a, you know, we don't come into this field as masters in our profession. It is a learning progress. So I think that um, most attorneys have that cha that challenge that they need to overcome and ask for help and ask for, it goes back to asking for mentorship, asking for guidance and not feeling bad about it. Mm. Yes. Number one, I'm so encouraged that you, you remembered something I posted on social media. It, it shows that at least what I'm doing out there is leaving a lasting imprint on some people. <laughs> I definitely agreed with that. Um, I love it. I remember one of my mentors, um, you know, I, in the beginning, I'm like, I'm sorry for bothering you. I'm this. And he said, you know what? I would be more concerned if you went out solo and did not ask me any questions. I find it that you, you know, I find that you are more ethical for making sure that you are following all proper procedures. So I don't think that new attorneys coming into our profession should even worry about that mm. or, or that that should pose a challenge to them. Yes. Oof. Wow. Okay. Let's, let's emphasize that podcast listeners. She said, <laughs> it's more ethical to proactively seek advice to seek outside perspective. Again, there's power in objective perspective. If I go back to that post that I put on, on Instagram, it was 
it's better to look uninformed for a minute than to stay uninformed for a lifetime. And uh, so, yeah, so uh, break down that ego, ask for the input. Um, I love, I love, love the, the, the message that you, that, that Jacinia is sharing about here um, and uh, proactively getting help. And, uh, and I, it really, this is one of those areas, especially I, I, get, I can identify with being a weakness in my early life, right? It's like, for whatever reason, I, I thought I knew everything, you know, and like when people, when I would have an idea, people would ask me proactively, have you got any outside perspective on this venture or this plan or this idea? Um, and often like I would scoff at the notion of getting outside perspective, like, come on, like, is that always going to be your response? But as a, again, as a 35 year old now, tuning into realizing like there's so much wisdom available to us. And even to Jesenia's point, there's so much free wisdom available to us. If you will proactively ask for help and ask for support, the doors of inside wisdom, understanding knowledge will open up to you if you look for it. So if, now, if I could add. Um, yes, yes. So for example, starting off, if you haven't tried any cases, um, I will say I, I would co now I don't because I've been able to litigate some cases. But in the beginning, if it was my first of anything, I would seek a mentor or co-counsel. So an example would be my first juvenile case. It's different from adult court. My first homicide, my first burglary, you're going into different um, crimes, my first DUI. So there's different programs um, or steps that you can do in either that you would not know if you have not practiced. So you can, you know, you can know the law, you can apply amazing analysis, but you may not even know what program is out there um, to help your client because you haven't practiced. It's not that you don't know the law, you just don't know what's out there. So it's as simple as hey, I have this DUI, can you help me? And my first DUI, I remember, you know, my mentor gave me the breakdown for it. This is the first DUI, if this is the second DUI, if this is the third, here's this program, here's this program, do this, do this. Now moving forward, because I asked for help on one case, I can handle all of them. Mm. You know, facts may be a little different, but um, for my first type of crime, um, I always sought for help. Yes, that is, I, let's give you a microphone for a motivational speaker and also life coach because you can do it. <laughs> I'm going to be, uh, I feel like I'm going to be uh, reaching out to you for some input, um, again, in my world as a coach and when working with different attorneys. Um, but I, I really love that. I think about um, that, put, that, that piece of input right there. If it's your first time doing anything, treat it like a first time you're not a master if it's a i mean one of my mentors the way he puts it is nothing is good the first time but if nothing is good the first time then proactively get help to make it as good as it can be and then learn all you can from it but i think i just think that's phenomenal again anybody out there if you're doing anything for the first time if you're starting a business for the first time if you're taking on a new job or role for the first time if you're in a new relationship if you're in a new uh, if you're in a marriage again 
all of these things should spur you to be a student and not act like you're the teacher because it's your first time experience. So thank you for that, that rich, rich insight. Jesenia, what has been the best way for you to market your law firm? Honestly, I have not um, done as much marketing as I should. Um, I have a lot in store for 2021 as far as marketing and adding new practice areas. Um, but what has really worked for me has been my results and word of mouth and client to client. I have not spent tons of marketing dollars. Um, I honestly used to hate social media, but because it is a excellent marketing tool, I've kept it. I've turned it into a business page. Um, so very little marketing has gone into um, at most social media, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, my website is under construction. It's coming along. Um, it's been a, it's been progress, but I haven't spent significant amount of time on marketing. I guess my, my best marketing has been um, my results and the families who refer me. Colleagues, um, you know, referral systems between colleagues that we don't practice the same areas of law. That's um, as far as my marketing has gone. I do intend to increase it, but um, it's, it's gone pretty well with just mm -hmm. social media and word of mouth. Yes. Um, I want to highlight a couple of things you said there. Uh, there, 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 is, there is no marketing like results. Uh, positive results that you deliver day in and day out. There's nothing like, there's nothing that compares to that. The other thing you mentioned, um, this idea of uh, colleagues who practice in different fields of law. I've heard this concept um, from another attorney as well. And, and I, I, mean, I remember we had the conversation, we were looking at the anatomy of her clientele. Like we're looking at, we, we, we want to look at all of your clients and figure out where all of them come from. And most of them, we're not coming from her five hours a week in in in, 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 in this marketing effort. There were most of her clients were actually coming from what you just mentioned, other attorneys. And I think this is this can so easily be an untapped resource um, because um, back to what back to ego. You know, we want to do it on our own. But as opposed to, there's so many attorneys that specialize in this one specific area, like you know, lemon law or like, um, you, you, you can list them better than I can, but you know, immigration, family, criminal defense, prosecution, or whatever it is. But those are such excellent sources of business and referrals because many attorneys, they specialize in only one segment of the law. But then when people think about them with their, whatever law case they're in, they'll go to them and they have to refer them to somewhere if they're not going to take them. So why not have great relationships with other attorneys who who are active in other parts of the law that can be a great referral partnership i i love that concept you know i have one particular attorney who practices personal injury who um does amazing marketing billboards radio uh and gets a lot of family law calls he refers them all to me but the reason why i mention him for the listeners is we were actually opposing counsel. So, um, you know, neither one of us had ego. And when I went to pick up a 
restitution payment from his office for my client. Uh, and we exchanged a few words, asked, what did I practice? Family law, knew I was a new attorney and was more than happy to send me those referrals to help me when he was, when his client was forced to pay my client. So that just goes to show, um, you know, attorneys are willing to help you, even though we were on opposing sides. Yes. I, I, yes. Um, I've heard that before and I'm glad you said it now. So let's talk about that for a moment. So let's say there's a new attorney out there who doesn't have the relations with any other attorneys yet. What advice would you give them to begin like thinking about um, how to start? Because personally, I, I think it's not just like, hey, like give me your referrals, but wh wh where would those relationships be a good place for them to start um, to maybe one day build out to this great referral partnership? I think that depends on the practice area, um, you know, because I can't really speak on how would you get trademark referrals or um, different, but I would say um, for me, at least criminal and family, I get a lot of referrals from immigration and personal injury attorneys and vice versa. I don't practice immigration but it overlaps with mine. So I think maybe if they found some type of law that inner that overlaps with their law, but that they don't necessarily practice, um, that they can build a, a good referral source that way, maybe by attending networking events. I joined a lot of associations um, in law school, Federal Bar, the American Bar Association, um, Hispanic Bar Association. Those were really good for me to just exchange cards while I was in law school. So when I became an attorney, hey, I'm licensed now, what area do you practice? I would recommend that. Um, or another example, um, family law, look for an attorney who does a specific um, area. So I know an attorney who does dependency. I don't handle dependency, but it falls under family. She doesn't handle divorce custody, but it's family. So if it's dependency related, I'll refer to her. And if it's custody, she'll refer to me. We're in the same field, but not the same subcategory, I guess. Yes. So I think you have to look at what your practice area is, where it overlaps, um, and find those attorneys by going to networking events. Hmm. I'm telling you, I think you just dropped probably $70,000 worth of information in the last five minutes. I'm not, I'm not even playing, probably more than that. But I'm going to tell, again, when I'm working with these attorneys, I'm going to say, this is the podcast you got to come to listen and like, again, I'm telling you, my, my mind is exploding with insight that I am now going to be able to offer other attorneys that I'm serving. Um, um, but I, I, I love what you're saying. So if, uh, if nothing else, know that I'm a huge fan of, of what you do. And we might just have to go in business together and figure out some ways to, uh, to maximize what you do and what I do. But um, I think- I welcome it. Uh, you know, so so what is I'll put this seed right right now in your mind. We'll, we'll talk about it um, offline when we're not recording. But um, I really, really uh, think that's that, that's deep, meaningful um, insight. And I don't think let's talk really about think about it. Say again. I don't th I don't think people really think about it, you know, ahead of time. 
So yeah. now that I'm actually experiencing it, I can tell incoming lawyers um, to start thinking about it. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, to, to, to that notion, um, like even with family and you, you again, you, 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 you jump in with what, 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 what you're, you're, you're thinking and seeing it. I'm thinking of family law, there's divorce, there's prenuptials, there's custody, there's all of the, I mean, I mean, how many subcategories would you even think of are within just family law? I, I, I don't know, a lot. Um, yeah. Right, a lot. And there's, um, you know, certain attorneys who only focus on adoption. Um, I don't handle adoptions. So that would be a good referral um, connection. Yes, I like it. I, again, I, I love the, the strategy in it because I think... Um, I'm thinking of a specific attorney that I'm working with right now. She's in California. And, uh, and that's one of the first, that's one of the first problems to solve for new law firms. Uh, and it sounds like, you, you, you know, you, you suddenly you were really, you're especially blessed, but one of the first problems to solve for new law firms is um, how to establish a client base. But I think what you just shared is it's, it's just that insight right there is going to help so many attorneys to solve that problem a lot more with a, with a lot more speed. Derek, you just mentioned California. Um, if I could add just one more thing. Yeah. Attorneys think that they shouldn't, um, you know, that they should just network locally. I think a really um, good source of income also comes from out of state referrals. Uh, again, it depends on what area you practice, but let's say in criminal, I have, um, you know, clients who can have an out-of-state warrant and they end up getting arrested in a different state and extradited or not extradited. Um, then you have to have attorneys in both states. So if you haven't networked outside of your state, you may not know attorneys in other states. So I used to always in law school go to um, immigration law conferences, not because I wanted to practice immigration, but because I wanted to meet attorneys in the other states. So now every time my co-counsel is like, do you know an attorney in Georgia? Do you know an attorney in California? And I'm like, actually I do. So it really works. Um, and I, you know, I get referrals all the time or else I'll, I'll post on social media. Are there any, I need a Pennsylvania lawyer. I need a California lawyer. You can also collect referral fees if it's personal injury. Um, so I think that's something to maybe consider too, is having attorneys in other states. Yes. And you can find them right here on the Strong Life Coach podcast because I've interviewed them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I, I love it. Um, actually, one of um, in my own business plan and working with attorneys is putting together um, small groups of 10, of 10 um, you know, Latina attorneys. And I think that value of what you just described only adds to that because um because there's there's just i think anyway I, I, what i'm hearing from you is there is so much opportunity if you will look for it if you understand the game as jesenia does then i think there's so many um opportunities to optimize um effort even that that, that one tip you sh shared about going to an immigration conference like that 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 wisdom right there of but Justenia doesn't practice immigration. Why would she go? Well, you're not thinking about it clearly, and you're not thinking this big picture of the relationships you can build and really um, 
to help one another um, and to even, um, I think about fortify your own client base by building connections even outside of the state. All right, let's talk about what advice would you offer someone just starting their career as an attorney, if anything more than what we just discussed? <laughs> um, if anything more, other than marketing and everything we discussed, um, I would just tell an, young attorneys who want to go solo, um, one, that it is possible, um, and two, that if they have any roadblocks, any detours, any closed doors, that it is not the end of the world, that maybe that path is not meant for them. Um, but to be very cautious um, and analyze the situation and the scenario, is it that it is not meant for you or is it a test of your faith, your character? So simply just don't get discouraged. If it's either or, um, if it's not the path meant for you, or if it's testing your faith, neither one should discourage you, mm. um, is what I can tell new attorneys coming into the profession. Um, and just keep going. It is a lovely profession and it is mm. fun. It is exciting. It is rewarding and it is a privilege. Mm. Yes. Wow. Fun, exciting, lovely, and a privilege. I think <laughs> I love all of those adjectives. Um, you know, you mentioned discouraged. I want to, I want to um, also comment on that because, and this is something that I, I believe so strongly in. I mean, you 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 captured it with what you described, but for me personally, as a human being, I have moments that are disappointing. I have moments that make me sad. I have moments that are shocking. You know, in a sad in a, in a, in a um, negative manner. Um, but to separate those human um, experiences from discouragement, it's such a pivotal thing of what you just explained. And the way I know if I'm letting those seep into my discouragement is my actions. If, if I hold back on moving forward in, in, in persistence, then I'm showing I was actually discouraged. But I, tr I try to not let any amount of sadness, of shock, of disappointment, influence my discouragement and when i say discouragement it just means that um i don't want to hold back from living a courageous life just because bad things happen to me like jesenia just talked about I, I really like that concept feel the fear and do it anyway yes <laughs> feel the fear and do it anyway get the motivation in there all right now talk about what's helped you establish work-life balance as an attorney and especially like like your 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 bio talks about the, the real estate license. Okay, I'm I'm just I'm I'm on the outside asking how does this person do? How does Jasenia do it all? You know, I don't know. <laughs> A calendar, calendar, everything. Um, no, sometimes I'm getting better at it. I would work twenty four seven. Um, and I really did have to find a balance. So now I'm much better at it. Um, so I don't have my children every other weekend. So I will try on that weekend to, to either take a break, a mental break. Um, I do feel that um, you do need to take a break sometimes. 
Um, what I do tell myself now, as far as the balance with my family, because my family would complain so much that they never saw me, um, is that my children are very small and my career I have ahead of me. So my career will always be there for me to work on and improve and succeed. My children's childhood will not always be there. So I, I've found a balance now where um, I just make it happen, where you know I find time for them because it's not fair to them either. Um, so I honestly just calendar it, separate some time, whether it be a weekend. Um, before COVID, we had a very strict schedule, whether it was soccer, basketball, cheer, something, um, that they had that one-on-one -on -one time with me. When they were in class, I would still use it to work. So it is, it is a very, very, very hard balance. I will not sugarcoat that, um, but I'm here to tell others and listeners that it can be done. You just need very strict discipline. Mm. Real estate, I don't know what I was thinking, but it's <laughs> in there. <laughs> I still have to find a broker. So if any listeners um, are listening, I need, a, I need to be under a broker. Yes. And I'll only charge you $500 as a strong life coach referral fee for listening to this part. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but so, balance um, is, is very important. Um, yes. You have to remember to have a foundation. I like it. I like it all you captured as well, that um, your, your career and your business will be there five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 25 years. But that childhood precious moments will not and making sure that they remain a priority during these tender moments. If someone was listening that could do anything to support your law firm, what would that be? Uh, I would say referrals. Um, that's the best compliment you can give any attorney or any firm um, would be their referral that would, um, not just help my firm as a business or me as an individual or my family, it will help the other person's, um, you know, livelihood or whatever is at stake, whether it be criminal or family, uh, it will help them be in a better position. Um, assuming that I can do a very good job in representation and the community at large. Mm, yes. Referrals. That's right. So this is, this is the part of the podcast. You can pause and, and message your people in Florida. Where, where all do you practice? Florida. Just Florida. 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 For now. For now. Hey, uh-oh. <laughs> For now. Um, I will be licensed in New Jersey. You, you will be? I will be. I'm oh. into existence. Hey, come on. I love it. I love it. Um, I... Oh, so this is part of the podcast, listeners, where you can tag your friends, family members that are in Florida um, and uh, to be great referrals and, and sources of referrals uh, for, um, for Jacenio Rosales as a, as a law firm owner. Now, um,
what are your favorite? Let me ask you the, a, a closing question here. I think the other one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me let me ask you a closing question. What are your favorite qualities of your favorite people? Honesty, no matter how brutal. Um, truthfulness, integrity. Um, and I will I will give you a very bad example of somebody <laughs> without using any names, but. Um, you know, when I first started off in my profession and I didn't know how to quote, um, certain cases. So I asked an attorney, you know, how do you, what would you quote this? And their response, um, to me, in my opinion, wasn't a very ethical one was just quote a price that they're not willing to pay, meaning the client, but never turn business away. But if you can't do it, you should not quote a higher price. Um, so I didn't really find that ethical. Um, and I, I felt like that spoke to whole words that attorney's integrity. Um, so now I look for attorneys who are very, um, who have a certain type of character in, in, in how they do certain things. Um, and I would tell very um, early on attorneys to be very cautious. Don't just take into consideration that an attorney has been practicing 20, 30 years to think that um, they operate with those type of qualities. Um, take time to compare them to the other mentors. Um, but I found that the mentors that I have now possess those qualities. They're honest with their clients. They're honest with their colleagues. They're honest with the judge. Um, you know, they're very candid to the court and those are the qualities that I look for in my mentors because, um, it's going to reflect on my license at the end of the day and my firm and how my clients are going to articulate me to someone else. Yes. And truthfulness applies to my clients. I do not like clients who lie to me. I don't care what it is. It is. It, it, it they're hiring an attorney to represent their best interests. So be truthful to your attorney. Mm, I love it. Um, honesty, truthfulness, and integrity. I think those are qualities worth a lifetime pursuit and uh, holding on to once we do have them. Now, let me, let me, let me ask you this one last um, question that was kind of related to what we talked about earlier, which was if somebody was listening in um, that could be a great referral partner for you. Like, who would that be? Um, is there a certain, um, whether that's a certain part, like a certain attorney out there, um, who would it be? Where would they be? What would they be doing um, to be a great referral partner to you? Um, I think we did touch on it a bit. It would be the same type of, um, I would say, immigration and personal injury attorney, um, just because they're actually practice areas that I want to add in 2021. So not only will we be um, referring what we don't practice, but in my mindset, I want to eventually pick them up so I can learn from them also. Mm. Um, so that would benefit me. And if, you know, if I can benefit them in any, in any way other than referrals, um, that would be great for me. I don't want to just take, um, I don't have a particular attorney in mind, but I think that um, that would be a good source. I love it. All right. 
let's find her some immigration attorneys, personal injury attorneys to, uh, to um, create great partnerships for Jasenia. Well, Jasenia, thank you so much for gracing the Strong Life Coach podcast with your presence and your passion. Thank you, Derek, for having me. Um, and thank you for giving me some of your energy. Your energy is amazing. And I encourage everyone to go check out your social media because um, clearly I remembered some points from it. So um, thank you again for having me. Yes. And let me remind the people one more time about where and how to find you on social media or even uh, remind them of your website as well. Um, Sanya.esquire on Instagram and JasenyaRosalesLaw.com. It is under construction, but it will be up hopefully by the end of the month. All right. And I will include those in the show notes for all the podcast listeners. To our precious listeners, thank you for spending some time with us on this episode. Do me a huge favor and go to Apple Podcasts and give the Strong Life Coach Podcast a five-star review. We are the podcast that speaks life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Again, I appreciate your time and we'll connect with you on the next episode.